Well, I think the team was probably known as a pretty skilled team. I think when you had Savard and Bergeron and Chara and some pretty good players with Lucic and Horton, there was some skill, but there was some big physicality. Uh, I remember the game before Christmas and I was in Atlanta. Freddie Meyer hit Luch right by the bench and all out brawl went. Savard fighting Little and Ferentz jumping in and Luch fighting Freddie Meyer and it was a big brawl and you know that's just what you saw from the Bruins you know when you were playing them. They were coming hard and they were hitting hitting hard and getting in on the forecheck but they also had some skill to back it up and the perception I think at the time was that they were a big strong team that that could play both ways. You know I think when I got traded it's um, it was a bit daunting at the time like I was excited. I always wanted to play in, a, in more of a hockey market than I had been in in the past. Atlanta Obviously, the team's not there. It didn't have the support that it probably needed to be to be successful. And in Nashville, you know, I think they're pretty they're supported better than they were in Atlanta. But it's not a hockey town. It's becoming more of a hockey town. But when you go to Boston, it's like it's a hockey city. You got the college teams. You got some junior teams. You got uh, American League closely. There's lots of hockey around, and I was excited to play in that environment because. You know, I just love the game and I'm passionate about the game and you know, I love seeing college games on, on, on TV night before my game. And I just loved watching the game and it, I loved being part of that atmosphere of the fans being knowledgeable about the game. And it was just an exciting time to come to an original six as well. As when that trade was made, the team was on the West Coast, if I'm not mistaken, and you guys went on an unbelievable run. Just how was that road trip and how important was that for you guys to come together, whether it was you Chris Kelly, Caberlet, to come together on a new team out west, kind of no distractions, and to go on the run that you did. Well, I was in I was in Phoenix the night I got traded, and and I and I flew back to Atlanta for a day, then to Boston. Chris Kelly came in. I think he played the game against Ottawa. I wasn't able to make that game because I was going to fly back from Phoenix. And then Shane Knighty came in at the same time as long as well as Thomas Caberlet, and we were all in the hotel together. So. I remember we got one day of practice in Boston and then we flew out West and I th- believe we started in Edmonton or I think it was Calgary. We started in Calgary and I think it was just a great time for everybody to be able to spend time together. Like, you know, when you're at home and everybody talks about this, when you're at home and you're playing in the NHL, lots of guys have families, they have uh, girlfriends, wives, you know, they go back and they have to live their life because you're on the road so much. So when we got out on the road and we were able to go for dinner together, everyone was so welcoming. You know, I didn't know anybody before and I just remember how unbelievable welcoming everybody was so was it johnny boychuk to luge to zidano patrice everybody was just a great and it really helped that you know having chris kelly playing on the same line as chris kelly but then with caberlet in the hotel and shane knighty in the hotel it really kind of gave us time to spend together and you know i think uh, we win that game in calgary and then we go to edmonton we finally get the monkey off our back and score a goal as a line and then you know going to vancouver and obviously they're uh perennial powerhouse at the time especially with the Sedins and Kessler and Burroughs and we go in and I thought we played a really good defensive game I remember that game you know we played really well and you know we just kind of we just kind of went off from there and you know six games in a row I believe we won what did you learn about your new head coach Claude Julien and what it took to earn his trust that's a great question I remember just being plugged in with Kelly and Ryder and they said figure out where you're going to play so I think I've had a discussion with Michael Ryder, who's the most easy guy going in the world. I'm like, you want to play right or left? And he's like, I don't care. I said, okay, well, <laughs> I guess we'll kind of I'll just play left. 
I don't know. I don't really want to, but I'll play right. I don't care. And he's like, I don't really care either. So I just played left. And then it kind of worked out that I played left because Chris Kelly and I had an agreement that I would take face-offs on the right side because I was right-handed and he would take face-offs on the left side. So I started playing, he would play left wing when I played in the center position and then I would play, uh, and I would play center. So, you know, we just kind of switched back and forth. And, you know, I remember a game, the game in Edmonton, I believe I scored about, I think it was my third game in Boston and I scored and I was doing really well on face-offs. And, and I knew that Patrice was obviously, he's a right-handed shot and he was a, a tremendous face-off guy, which he still is. But I remember I, I had a really good face-off game and minute to go, Claude put me out. You know, and I was playing regular shift, power play already. Started playing penalty kill as well, which uh, I earned that trust as well. I got a chance and, and I succeeded. And Chris Kelly and I went as a pair. But that last minute in Edmonton, I went out and took a face off because I was had done so well and Bergeron was just okay. And I was like, okay, wow, he's really going to give me a chance to take face offs too. And, you know, that's kind of how it went. If I was doing really well, I would take him. And if Patrice was doing really well, you know, I'd be there to back him up on the right side. And it was the same thing for the left side with either Bergeron, Kelly, or Campbell. So oh, I, I respected that Claude gave me that opportunity, but I was really happy that I was able to be recognized for doing well at something. Me and Chris Kelly had, had been going back and forth and playing center. And first period, I think it was, I was down low playing the center position in a defensive situation. And David DeHarnay turned me inside out behind the net goes back to, I don't know if it was Brent Sopel or somebody, defenseman shot in the net. You know, I believe we were down, we were minus one or maybe minus two in the first period. And, you know, Claude came in, said what he had to say, and, and I agreed. And, you know, we obviously took it upon ourselves to, to really be better as the game went on. I believe Michael Ryder had scored the, I don't know which goal it was, but he scored in the second to narrow down the lead. And then, um, about four or five minutes left to go in the in the third period. I go in and get in on the four check, and Chris Kelly gets in there as well, and Michael Ryder gets in. Uh, he rides, throws the puck out front, and kind of I go to shoot it, and it goes between Kells' legs, and he knocks it in, ties the game. Obviously, that was a tremendous goal at the time. And then in overtime, you know, I come down and I, I shoot the puck, miss the net, gratuitous bounce. Kels throws it out front to rides, a wide open net back door, and we win the game. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, after a, a coach calls you out like that and you turn around and, and have a tremendous response, I think that's, you know, that's definitely a feather in the cap and makes you feel good about yourself. I was interviewed about this before, and I and I remember very specifically, I came back, we, we went into the room and rides was like, you should have passed me on the 201 before because I would have buried it. <laughs> it would be a lot easier. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I just, you're in overtime. You don't want to pass up shots. So, yeah, it was uh, obviously tying it 2 2. You know, who knows what it, what it would have went to if we went to 3 1 Montreal. So, it's a great goal and obviously a very important piece to how we won. I want to go to that, the second round against Philly. And I know you weren't with the team the year before after the Bruins were up 3 nothing, and then Philly came back and, and, and won four straight. Was there a lot of talk about that, the previous year's series, as you guys got ready for the Flyers in round two? There was talk. I don't know if I was being naive. Maybe I just didn't care. Whenever I was asked about it in the media at the time, I just said, I wasn't here, so what does that have to do with me? So, you know, I think having those pieces, and obviously Chris Kelly – and and Caberlet and even Shane Knight were tremendous leaders and you know go up 
adding those on top of the leaders that they already had with Bergeron, Recky, you know, the list goes down, Chara, Ference, Thornton, like it just doesn't stop. So I didn't really think about it. I didn't really bother me. Obviously we won the first game, we won the first three games and then they started to talk about, you know, are they going to come back? And it never crossed my mind. I thought, you know, I think one of the games went to overtime, but I thought we actually really outplayed Philly at that series. I think our depth, they had a lot of depth in that team too. It's just, we just kept coming. We were like a nonstop truck after that Montreal series, it felt like. Rich, I want to go back a little bit if I can. You had only played a handful of playoff games prior to 2011 at the NHL level. So what was it like for you to get introduced to that Montreal series? Yeah, I'd only played one one round against Detroit when I was in Nashville in 2008. You know, I try to explain this to our players in Dallas. Is Playoff experience at any level is going to help you. I had a chance to go to the Calder Cup Finals with Milwaukee in 06, and it, it taught me how to take a role. It taught me how to play when you're tired. It taught me to bring up your level of game. You know, we had a tremendous team in Milwaukee that year, and I was lucky to learn from some great players like Shea Weber and Pecorine was there, and there was uh, Jordan Tutu, Scotty Upshaw. We had a pretty good team, and we didn't win, and I just kind of learned from that. And then going forward, I went to to Boston and I think we played maybe Montreal once or twice and obviously the Pacioretty incident in March I think in Montreal kind of prepared me for what we were getting into the media the scrutiny it was out of this world and I thought Claude you know some people might have thought Claude overdid it sometimes with Montreal we never practiced in lines morning skate sometimes we didn't practice just to mess with the media you know I, I, I thought he managed that fine you know maybe it sheltered some of the players as well like not to think about it so I didn't really think about it too much. I always enjoyed playing in Montreal. I, when I was in Atlanta, I always was very successful and I had successful games up there, getting a few games, getting uh, multiple point games. And I felt confident as a player going into Montreal. So it wasn't something that affected me too, too much. And everybody remembers the Montreal series. The team was able to get by the Flyers. But Tampa Bay was a pretty exciting series. I mean, it culminated with Game 7, and that's the one that I certainly will remember the most. But what else do you remember from that series? And then what do you remember from Game 7 as well? I remember Game 4 against Philly, Patrice getting hit. I slid into his spot for the first, maybe first game against Tampa. And what that did was it opened up a space for Tyler Sagan. And I don't remember which game it was, maybe Game 2. He had four points you know, first game or second game. And Tyler just kind of looked like he exploded out of a cannon. And obviously his welcoming out party, obviously a great player already, second overall pick. But, you know, I remember that. I remember, and I'm not giving my credit to myself, but I was, I, you know, I played on all four lines during the playoffs. So, you know, I went from playing Kelly and Ryder to Marshawn and Recky to next I was playing with Campbell and uh, and Pae. So I hadn't hit Krejci and Lucic yet. So, I was on a line with Campbell and, and Paye, and I just tried to play the role as best I could. I was probably not Sean Thornton, I'll tell you that. I didn't run around and didn't have the heaviness or meanness that he did. But, you know, I just tried to bring energy as much as I could. And, you know, obviously that game seven is uh, a game we'll always remember. It was a well-played game. They had chances. We had chances. Their goalie, Dwayne Rollison, had, was up and down a little bit in the series. But I think Mike Smith played great game five. But, um you know, I thought it was a great series. Obviously, that game, that play, you know, that we constructed up uh, to beat the the one the one three one, 
you know, the, the Ferentz to Krejci to, to Horton for the for the winner was obviously a fantastic play. And you feel relieved, but when you score a goal like that with how many minutes to go, but, you know, we were confident in our abilities to protect a lead, and obviously we did so. But that game, you know, it was just back and forth and, and chances and great defensive efforts and physicality. You know, that Tampa team was so dynamic. Like, uh, their power play was just unbelievable like with Saint Louis, Le Cavalier, Simon Gagne, Bergeron at the top like they were coming Ryan Malone I believe was in front of the net and you're just they're snapping it around Stamkos it was just like their endless possibilities to put the puck in the net one play I always remember it is we would shoot the puck from the blue line in the offensive zone and their forwards would just blow the zone so if we if their deep blocked the shot in front of the net they just send guys on breakaways and it was like it was something we'd never really seen before. So it was uh, obviously something that other teams are doing now today. Rich, let's move on to the series against the Canucks. You're down 0-2. You move into game three in Boston. Aaron Rome takes out Nathan Horton. Did you know at the time that you were going to be the guy to take that spot where Horton was with Lucic and Krejci? And then once the switch was made, why was it so seamless? Claude had a conversation with me before, before the game. I don't know if it was in morning ski or or the day before, kind of let me know that I was going to gonna slide in from, from the fourth line to the first line. And I think Tyler Sagan had been playing pretty well in my spot in the third line. And you don't want to break up the Bergeron line. Obviously, it had so much chemistry. So I, I guess it was a, a good opportunity for me. And, you know, I think Luch and, and, and Krejci obviously had tremendous chemistry. And I was just trying to get out of the way a little bit. But brought my game in terms of speed and energy and creativity and you know I think David I like to have the puck but Dave likes to have the puck so I was just trying to get it to him as much as I could obviously you know scoring two goals in in that game four after he got hurt in game three you know it definitely boosts your confidence that's for sure. Were you surprised Pevs at the immediate animosity between the two teams really with no history between them I mean it, it it ramped up in a hurry out in Vancouver. It did, but they had those types of players that were kind of antagonist type of players. Everybody, you know, I don't want to say they 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 were players that want, tried to get under your skin, and we had guys that I think were a little bit more like physical. But those guys were guys that would kind of do things to get underneath your skin with you know with Kessler, Burroughs, Yannick Hansen, Airhoff, like just little things. You know, Kessler was probably one of the dirtiest guys in the league in terms of like you know shots after faceoffs and. Uh, I don't want to get into a Twitter battle with them or anything right now, but uh, but they played hard too, and they're tremendous players. So they're a great team. I, you know, obviously, when you get to a a biting incident into a game that a linesman saw, it's going to just stir up controversy. It's going to stir up storylines, and you know, luckily we were able to kind of put it behind us. And you know, Mark Recky did a little bit of a taunting later, but uh, you know, as a group, we felt confident in our ability to stand up for ourselves. With Recky in particular, how did he leave his mark on that team? He was just a tremendous teammate. Like, you know, I only had him for four or five months that I was there, but I was sitting beside him. His presence, his uh, ability to say the right thing at the right time, the ability to calm the coaches down and, you know, stick up for his players and his teammates. And, you know, I was just very impressed in, in how well he grasped the room. Everyone speaks about that between game two and three or three and four in Montreal where he stood up and, and spoke and, you know, Jeff Ward was speaking and then Mark Recky came up and spoke and, you know, he just uh, does a fantastic job of uh, motivating players, but coming together as a group, he can really speak. And for me, 
you know, I only, again, I only have him for a few months, but he left a lasting impact of, of leadership on me. That's for sure. Pebs, what was your impression of uh, Marshy when you got to the team? I mean, it was his first year. He kind of worked his way up. I mean, he's always a polarizing figure, right? Whether throughout the league, we've seen what he's become today. But at that time, he was he was first year guy. You talk about getting under the other team's skin. He was pretty good at it. Just what were your impressions of him, and 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 what you've seen from him over the years? Yeah, like he yeah, was. I remember in Atlanta, we had Craig Ramsey, who had been with the Bruins, and uh, I remember him telling me a story before I got traded was that uh, Marshy told management he was going to score twenty goals his rookie year, and. I think that just spoke to his confidence, but I thought that was great. You love hearing guys like that that are confident enough in themselves to to do it, but then to go out and back it up. And you know, obviously, he's he's a guy that everybody loved to joke around with. He's always in a great mood, and you know, I think when he got on the ice, it didn't matter who you were. He competes. I think that's just you know a player that you always want on your team. You want a guy who's going to compete no matter who he's playing against. He could be best friends with you. He wants to win. I love being around Marshy. He was such a fun guy to be around. We played cards together. Uh, we'd go for dinners together and just a great person. He had a great family. You know, I, am I surprised by it? I'm not surprised at all by his success. I'm happy for him. I'm not surprised. And uh, he's obviously had tremendous success wherever he's, wherever he's taken his game to. Rich, you had a chance to shoot and play against Tim Thomas, but having a chance to play with him and witness the run that he went on when he wins the Consmite Trophy, what did you marvel at when it came to Thomas's performance in the playoffs? Ooh, his ability to to be in the right spot. He was such an aggressive goaltender, and we always had coverage. And I think maybe that speaks to the volume of communication or understanding between defensemen or forwards and the goaltender that he had the ability to come out and be aggressive, but. You know, he'd take those angles away, but he'd also make that acrobatic save and get back into the crease and make the save. And, you know, there's some tremendous saves he obviously made throughout the playoffs that obviously helped us win the cup. But, you know, I I just marveled at his compete, his uh, unwillingness to give up on a play. And it would always happen in practice. And, you know, I love seeing it. And I hated shooting on him and Tuca. It was like they just mess with you sometimes and it would kind of mess with your head. But, uh, you know, those guys were some, some fantastic goaltenders. I think Tuka helped push uh, Tim Thomas as well. So I look back at some of those tremendous saves, like the the one on Giotta uh, in overtime. You know, there's a couple obviously big ones in Vancouver series and in the Philadelphia series. I think he had about 50-something shots in one game against Philly. So, you know, he uh, he was our backbone. And, you know, talk about confidence we had in him. For you personally, Pebs, I mean, to be able to win the Cup, you, know, you talked about wanting to play in a in a more traditional hockey market. You get that opportunity, and it all comes so fast, right? A trade deadline, and all of a sudden you're playing games, and now you're into the playoffs. Just for you, growing up, what you thought about winning a Stanley Cup, and and just how satisfying that was for you uh, on a personal level. I think uh, you know when I won, or when we won, when I was able to lift the cup, it really kind of put my career in perspective. I think. I graduated from St. Lawrence in 04, didn't have a NHL contract. Uh, the lockout was there in 04, 05. I started that, I played my first year in the ECHL during the lockout. Did I ever think I'd be playing in the NHL, let, let alone win the Stanley Cup? Not a chance. So, you know, I can't tell you the amount of offers I had from Europe to go to play hockey in Europe after my first, second, third years of pro. And I seriously considered them. I think looking back on my career and, 
you know, getting those opportunities to get to the next level, to get to the next level, to earn it, earn more, earn more, not give up, earn more. I think it just kind of just felt like, you know, I put so much work in and I felt lucky to be a part of this group. And it wasn't like I can say I'm a Stanley Cup winner, but it's not because it's just me. It's because of the how many players beside me, the coaches, the management, the scouts that, that do everything. And um, I'm just lucky to be a piece of it. What are your favorite memories from the celebration, both in Vancouver, where there was a riot that took place after you guys won, and then coming back to a city that had not had a Stanley Cup parade in 39 years? Wow, it was, uh, I'll never be a part of something like that again, I'll tell you. It was amazing. I think, you know, you get off the ice, the celebration just starts, and, you know, having all our families in that room together, uh, just having a fun time and enjoying it, and it's like a big relief off your shoulders when it's finally over. It's, it's a grind going through every other day, playing a game every other day, the travel, you know, I think it's just a release. And I remember the celebrations just with guys, the happiness, the joy, it was just incredible. You know, unfortunately we had to kind of wrap it up quick. Uh, We weren't sure the safety of everybody in the room. So we got out of there pretty quick. Uh, but uh, we, you know, we got on the bus and we were happy to just kind of keep going. And obviously being on the plane together it was a tremendous time winning. Uh, everyone was just happy spending time together. You know, I thought we did a great job when we did get back to Boston. We organized some stuff. Everyone was kind of hanging out together. The weather was fantastic. Middle of June in, in Boston is a tremendous time to be able to celebrate. And, you know, when you get to the parade, you, you're over 2 million people that come to a parade. I, I know people from all over the Northeast, Ontario, Quebec, uh, that came down for that parade. And you see that many people out there to celebrate was just incredible. And, you know, I think obviously Boston had won a few championships in other sports and I can't speak to the volume of their parades, but uh, I'm sure it was close, especially for the Red Sox that hadn't won in so long. But, you know, I felt we were so special in terms of we were, storied franchise an original six franchise that hadn't won in hockey in so long so i think it just felt so fantastic and and unbelievable to be a part of something like that 